0: yeah thanks so much for allowing me to preach this morning um, <laughs> um I've got a note from Mark before um, the other note from mark uh the sermon but um yeah uh, these are certainly in a lot of ways unprecedented times, like something of, on this scale and this much media attention hasn't happened um, before uh, but in a, in another sense um this has happened before. Things like these have happened. Challenges, uh, wars, outbreaks, um, disasters. And, and during those times, there are opportunities for Christians to, to rise up and to love the world that we're in, to love God's world. Um, uh, people here are already uh, affected by this um, personally, uh, being quarantined um, with health challenges, uh, but also travel plans affected Um, People whose jobs and incomes are affected. Uh, It's going to affect our gatherings. Um, This is a challenge, but it's also an opportunity, an opportunity to be a church on mission to the world, to stand up uh, and stand out, Uh, an opportunity to care, to show love, to show compassion, to show practical help, uh, and to show that... Uh, this time is not for social isolation, but for a community and to to love each other. Um, that might be from six feet, uh, but that's, that's the, ch- the, the opportunity, to love each other. Um, uh, so, yeah, and the other... So, yeah, Mark said, um, in terms of meeting together, uh, as a church, as long as we're adhering to the guidelines and being sensible and also uh, being obedient to the government... Um, Uh, over us, Uh, we'll keep meeting together. And that might change um, uh, the size of those groups, but we will keep meeting together. Uh, And certainly technology gives us a lot of opportunities there as well, which we'll figure out. I should add, um, Steve already mentioned, uh, do keep an eye on emails, do keep an eye on uh, Facebook. If you don't already get our uh, email updates, uh, today will be a great opportunity to fill out a communication card at the back uh, just so you can keep updated um, with everything that's going on. Uh, we want to be uh, as helpful as we can with our communication. Um, and so, if you don't already get that, um, fill out a communication card. That'll help us uh, communicate with you as well. And uh, like us on Facebook, um, connect with us on the uh, Facebook um, Noseboard groups, that kind of thing. Or speak to any, any of the pastors or elders if you have any questions. Um, yeah, so this morning we're going to continue uh, a series on wisdom, um, studying the wisdom literature of books, uh, and what a time to be talking about wisdom. Uh, people are worried, panicking, uh, financially affected, uh, personally impacted, um, and you know, where are we turning for guidance? Where are we going to work out how to respond to all this? Um, you know, there's certainly government alerts. There's emails from schools. There's news alerts, uh, and they're all important, and we should definitely listen to them. But um, where we need to turn is to God and His Word. Um, you know, I mentioned last week that K- King Solomon, um, when he uh, rose to power, or well, um, succeeded King David and uh, took over the kingdom of Israel at its peak of, of size and and um, uh, prosperity, he said, I-, I can't do this. I can't lead these people. Who can govern this great people of yours? And who can get through this great uh, challenge uh, globally at the moment? Um, only God can bring us through. So, Solomon prayed for wisdom, and we are praying for wisdom and talking about uh, wisdom uh, these few weeks. So, that's no coincidence at all. Um, so one of the most uh, significant impacts of the coronavirus is uh, the financial impact. Um, of course, there's many different ways this is affecting people. But um, yeah, for some people, this is the, the economic impact of the coronavirus is, uh, is, is affecting them a lot. Um, stocks are dropping, soon is very rocky at the moment. For other people, uh, particularly young people, you know, the effects aren't seen uh, immediately. But ongoing, there'll be um, ongoing challenges. So uh, this morning, we're going to uh, dig into God's Word, explore His truth to guide us in this vital area. Uh, and it's worth, um, worth mentioning, this doesn't, just, this doesn't just talk about our money, but our resources. Uh, our resources, not just uh, money or how much money we have in the bank, but what resources we have and how we use that. We just finished a series on discipleship um, and uh, it's helpful to remember that uh, as we move into thinking about wisdom, that is just continuing our thinking on disciple. How do we disciple each other? How do we point people to Jesus? And uh, over the next few weeks, we're thinking about wisdom. How do we point people to the wisdom of Jesus? And so, it's, we're, and really, like insider knowledge, every sermon series is about discipleship, right? So we're just continuing this path of discipleship. Uh, at this point, looking into wisdom. And this particular sermon is looking uh, on wisdom and money. So, let's talk about money for a bit. Uh, Australia is one of the world's wealthiest nations. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Uh, But are we wise with our money? So, we're one of the wealthiest nations on earth. Um, Our uh, GDP gross domestic product per capita. We're in the top 10 wealthiest in the world um, with a GDP of um, approximately 53,000 US dollars. Uh, compared to every generation that's preceded us, uh, we travel overseas more, uh, we have larger houses, we have more possessions, we have more technology, we eat out more, uh, and apparently we eat more smashed avocado sandwiches, uh, I like to make them at home, but um, we have more of everything, we want more, we expect more, we demand more, and... uh banks and retailers are giving us more and more opportunities to get that uh, with uh, credit cards after pay 50 months um, interest free you know buy now pay later we're um, we're in the age of instant, instant gratification and future consequences instant gratification future consequences the royal commission into banking uh, you know on one hand it did tell us that banks you know, A lot of banks are, are corrupt and taking advantage of people, but it also revealed that we are susceptible to being taken advantage of, uh, that people are being led down paths they don't want to go, racking up debts they can't pay. Uh, so it's therefore not surprising that Australia is one of the most indebted nations uh, in the world. We have the second highest household debt, uh, the second highest, um, almost more than any other nation on earth. The total Australian debt in 2019 was 541 billion dollars. That's a lot of money. We're also no good at saving, or we're getting worse. So apparently, 16 um, percent uh, sorry, in 1960, uh, the average family would save 16 percent of their income. In 2020, it's one percent. The average family will save one percent of their income. So what's the difference between Christians and, and the rest of Australia and their attitude to money? Um, there's often very little difference in terms of attitude to spending, uh, level of debt, level of savings, approach to material possessions. Um, uh, according to statistics, the average uh, giving uh, for a regular church attender is 2 to 3%, and... Um, Uh, I don't have this in front of me, but the the stats on um, regular church members, uh, you know, uh, throughout the church in Australia, about uh, between a quarter and a third uh, don't give it all. Many people are uh, struggling with huge debt, uh, significant people with large credit card debt, assuming uh, massive interest fees uh, that keep spiraling away. And um, yeah, and despite our wealth, like we, we're, we are in a prosperous country, despite that, 50% of Australian households live month to month and have virtually no savings or no um, contingency or margin if anything were to change. Uh, so all these things affect choices around work and influence, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, all these things affect choices around work that influence really important things. Like how much time we spend with our family, how much uh, money we give to, to church or to um, charitable organisations, how we what we share with our friends and family, uh, and, and what we share with people who aren't our friends and family. Um, how much time do we have left to contribute to the community as a volunteer? Um, how generous we are as a, as individuals and as families. Uh, the health of, of marriage and relationships. Um, money problems are the most co- uh, common source of disagreement um, uh, our own mental and emotional well-being uh, and, and related to anxiety and stress that comes with financial challenges. Um, and yeah, while m- many people desire financial freedom, very few find it. So that's the state of money in Australia. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Um, but here's the good news. The good news is that our God is a God who provides. Our God is a God who provides, who knows us and cares for us in whatever financial state we are in. Um, he knows us, and he, we are not alone. And that is definitely a message we need to hear over the next few weeks and months, that we are not alone. Uh, God is with us. He cares. He holds us. Uh, and it's not just a cliche. It's not that... Um, he's around, um, you know, in a cliche way. But he provides, and he's provided a community here to care for one another. Um, He loves us. He's got a plan for us. And the other good news is that God has a lot to say about money. God has a lot to say about money. Um, The Bible contains... 2,300 verses related to money and possessions. Um, Jesus spoke extensively about the subject, uh, and one of the major themes of Proverbs is money and wealth. And so that's what we're going to dig into now. So we're going to press into the Word, uh, and specifically into Proverbs, and see what we can glean out out of it. And um, uh, yeah, Mark has five points he wants to share with you, uh, but don't worry, uh, some of them are quite quick. So, (laughs) after that intro, uh, yeah, it's important to remember that these are uh, Proverbs, not promises. And so, for example, um, Proverbs 10.4, lazy people are soon poor, hard workers get rich. Uh, That's not always true, but there's a truth behind it. It's not always true, but there's truth behind it. Um, So, let's go in. Five points, and maybe six if there's time, and I'll add one of my own. Uh, the first point, work hard. Work hard. There's a whole heap of Proverbs to read together here. So Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. What a, what a proverb. This is, this is great. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Skipping a couple of verses. Uh, proverbs six ten eleven. 11. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Proverbs 10.4, we've already heard, Lazy people are soon poor, hard workers get rich. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during the harvest is a disgrace. And Proverbs 13.4, Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Work, work is a part of God's plan in creation. God gives people um, a job to do. And we see this, this is, we see this in Genesis 1. So when God created the world, um, I'll just quickly read from 27 and 28. God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it and work it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. So what Proverbs is doing here is just confirming the pattern that's set in Genesis, in creation. You know, God created the world uh, and and He he put uh, people in it and, and I don't know if you, you've ever picked this up, but um, often work is considered, oh, it's, it's toil, it's, it's um, bothersome, it's um, monotonous. Uh, but work was around before the fall. Before the world was broken, people worked, people did work. And so work gives us a purpose, meaning, it prevents us from being idle. Uh, And by using our skills and abilities and talents, we can bless other people. We can help society as a whole function and thrive. We can bring order uh, to the chaos in the world by working. All of us have a part in that. And so wisdom tells us to work hard, to be dedicated, committed, uh, being diligent. Now, Mark, uh, I'll quote Mark at this point. He says, For the night service... Uh, the wisdom of these passages are really important. So for young people, uh, we need to be told to work harder. Um, because some, for some, the link between hard work and financial security and faith is not clear. Uh, we want to have thi- they want to have things without the hard work that goes with it. Uh, but he says um, in this sermon, it's not, he doesn't feel he needs to emphasize that with you guys. Uh, no, no, hold up. He says, almost every... No, don't worry, you'll get your rebuke soon. Uh, He says, almost every adult I know in the church works hard. Many work too hard. Laziness is not our problem. If anything, getting the balance wrong and seeing people just exhausted is what really concerns me. So go back a generation two. uh, couples working five five days' work, eight hours a day, uh, included all the major home duties. Um... Whereas now we live in a very different era. Um, people are working more and more, longer hours, giving more and more to work. Uh, and um, careerism is uh, a big driver for all of us. Um, and uh, it's great to have opportunities and a career, um, But what's the cost to that? What's the cost? Um, how many hours are we actually working? Proverbs twenty three four says, "Don't wear yourself out to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit." So God's action in the creation story set a pattern of how we work, uh, and we should live and work for six days. But then He would you remember, God rested on the seventh. And so, just as there's a pattern set for work, there's a pattern set for rest. Um, Yeah, so Genesis, yeah, I'll I'll read Genesis 2. So, thus the heavens and earth were completed in their vast array, uh, but on the seventh day, God finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested from His work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, He rested from all the work of creating He had done. So we need to be wise. We need to be wise about our work. Uh, So what's the impact of your work-life patterns? Uh, are they a healthy work life pattern? Are they working for you and your family? Are they providing enough financially? Are they enabing, enabling you to give time and energy to the important relationships of your spouse, your partner, your children, other family members, friendships? Uh, do you have opportunities to serve and to volunteer at church and, and in the community? Are you, are you taking care of yourself? Do you invest in uh, your own leisure and rest? Because they are important too. It's a good challenge. So there's wisdom to work hard. There's also wisdom to invest wisely. Let's run through a few more Proverbs here as well. So Proverbs 12, 11, A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. Uh, Proverbs 13 11, wealth from a get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Proverbs 14, 23, work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Proverbs 21, 5, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So good planning is seen as being World ungodly. I'm not sure. what. My, let's just skip that bit. So some people, you'll give me a, a bit of grace to um, figure some things out as we go. So some people have a very fantastic view uh, of just trust God uh, and don't think about the future and God will, God will take care of it. Um, you know, it might be a sense of um, uh, I don't need to worry about tomorrow because uh, God, God will worry about tomorrow. And there is truth in that. Um, but I've, I heard someone say we should be so. It's not that we're so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. We should be so heavenly minded that we are of real earthly good. And so we, you know, we we live as if Christ would come tomorrow, but we plan as if He'll come in a hundred years. Um, and so, yeah, God has given you a brain, and all of us a brain. So we need to use it. Uh, to make wise decisions, investing for our future, not that it 's a lack of faith, but it 's using the resources God has given us to be wise and responsible, and enables not, not only that we live well and have enough but also to support your children uh, and, and other ones but, and family, but also to be generous and be a great blessing to god 's kingdom work. Uh, when Emily and i um, this is uh, me not Mark speaking here, when Emily and I first got married. Um, <laughs> uh, we we um, moved into uh, a house, so um, before we got married, uh, we were looking for a while for somewhere to live and um, you know, wanted to live in, in the eastern suburbs, like near our church and, and family and that, but we we're struggling to find that. And um, at one point, uh, someone from the church came and spoke to me and said, hey, Nick, we've got a place uh, in Woodford. Uh, that we've owned. we had, um, you know, this was the first house I lived in. We bought it ages ago. We've kept it, and um, we've kept it to, to use as a, as a resource, as a gift for um, uh, people in the church, for Christians and, uh, and that. So they, off, they said, would you like to rent it from us? And so we rented it at a very generous um, rate. And, and it, it made me realize that these, this guy bought this house, invested in this house years ago. 30, 40 years ago, uh, but he's kept it. And he could have sold it because uh, it's, it's well paid off a long time ago. He could have sold it, got lots of money, gone for a big trip overseas or something. But he kept it to use as a gift to be generous with uh, for future generations, for us, for, for Emily and I, and now um, others after us. Uh, even the person who's currently living it is also related to someone in this room. So churches that have invested for the future, uh, it's, not, it's not lack of faith. It's, it's a, a thought through faith. You know, thinking of property of shares, um, uh, you know, and, and other things you might invest in. 30 years down the track, there might be a need for renovations or moving or some big financial expense. We're going through that process right now, uh, thinking about um, where Verdun, the building for Verdun and, and renovations around this church. Um, uh, the reason we're able to even think about that is because of the prudence and the, the wise investments people before us have made to enable us to have these resources now uh, t- to even have those kind of conversations and opportunities. So, are you a good saver? Do you have an investment plan? Uh, have you given thought and attention to how to steward uh, God's resources Uh, that that he's given to you? Are you discerning about schemes uh, and offers that look too good to be true? Uh, Wisdom takes hard work, not just in working hard, but also thinking things through. So the wisdom of Proverbs invests wisely. Let's keep going. So the next wisdom is to not be greedy. That's a path to destruction. So running through these Proverbs... Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Proverbs 15. Greed brings, gr- sorry, greed brings grief to the whole family, but those who hate bribes will live. Proverbs 22. A person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by sharing gifts on the rich will end in poverty. Proverbs 28. 20. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who, walks, who wants get which crick riches, or quick riches, will get into trouble. Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. And Proverbs 28, greed causes fighting, trusting God. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. So what's the impact of greed? It robs people of life. It causes fighting. It ends in poverty. It brings grief to the family. And um, this goes against our society and and where the world has been heading. And maybe this whole coronavirus thing might uh, correct the world a bit. But I don't know if you've seen the the movie uh, Wall Street. Um, I think it's from the 70s. I haven't seen it. Mark has, though. Uh, (laughs) I did watch watch the clip that he's referring to here. And sorry, we don't have it. Um, But in it, it's famous for the speech, uh, Greed is Good. So um, Gordon Gecko sa- uh, has this great speech about how great greed is, uh, and he he um, it's related to the survival of the fittest. And a line he says it cuts through and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Uh, that greed uh, greed grows people, it, it it improves people, it it serves people. But the reality is greed is destructive. Greed is destructive. We know from Proverbs, but even just seeing the world at the moment, um, uh, the greed of, of, um, of, you know, well, keeping, uh, keeping things under wraps and not letting um, information go out about uh, viruses, greed of um, having the virus but not, not being concerned about those around us and going out, the, the greed of um, toilet paper. <laughs> you knew that had to come out. Yeah, like it's it's destructive. So people, you know, it's great that all these people have all this toilet paper in the house, but there, there are people and vulnerable people particularly who don't have it, who couldn't go and get it. Greed is destructive. You just look at um even like even um the how technology has progressed, uh, the convenience that it brings us, but at what expense? And uh, we're more more isolated and lonely than we've ever been, even though technology allows so much convenience for us. Uh, even um even the, the opportunity of uh, you know, buying clothes for the cheap or, or um, uh, cheap technology, things like that, uh, it's important to remember who really pays for this. Who really pays for this? It might not be us, but someone pays for it. Uh, so we be careful with our, um, our purchases. Uh, there's something so much more to value than material wealth and possessions, and that's what the next uh, tip is. Value wisdom and knowing God. More than wealth. Excuse me. So Proverbs 15 says Better to have little with fear of the Lord than to have a great treasure and inner turmoil. Proverbs 16. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Proverbs 16, 16. How much better is to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver? Proverbs 20. 15. Wise words are more valuable than gold and many rubies. The great problem of Western society is that we value wealth over relationships. We value material treasures. But the wisdom says don't. Value relationships. Value God. Value wisdom over those things. In Matthew 6, uh, Jesus talks about storing up treasures. He says in Matthew 6 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what do you treasure? What do you treasure? I think this this global epidemic will uh, help us uh, identify what we really treasure, What's really important to us? Because uh, we most notice it when it's taken away. And so what, what do we really treasure? What do we really seek after? And friends, Proverbs and, and Mark and I are, are encouraging all of us to seek God, treasure wisdom, treasure godliness in our character over uh, wealth or any material possession. And the last uh, wisdom around money is to be generous, be generous with their money. So Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Uh, Proverbs 11.24, give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. Proverbs 11.25, the generous will prosper, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Proverbs 19.17, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. Proverbs 22.9, blessed are those who are generous, because they feed the poor. And Proverbs 28.27, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. And Proverbs 3.9-10, honour the Lord with your wealth. And with the best part of everything you produce, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overthrow, overflow with good wine. And so the challenge here is to be generous. Be generous, particularly in this season. Uh, what a message we need to hear, all of us, that in this season where people around us are struggling and hurt and in need, as Christians and as wealthy Christians, we need to be generous. We need to be generous. And uh, yeah, if a Christian is not generous, uh, if they hold on to their wealth tightly, um, the issue is not about the money, it's about their heart. The issue is about their heart. Uh, People's attitude to money is ultimately an issue of the heart. So as a church, we want to be generous. We want to to be generous. We want to be able to support uh, the cross-cultural mission work uh, of um, Mark and Laureen Van Rossen, Uh, Laura and Jordan Upton, Jeff and Amanda Dreyer, Dave and Lil Barnett, chaplains in schools and in prisons, uh, Baptist World Aid, Miracle Connect, Hohedii, and Westcare, um, uh, the giving that we we contribute and the, the offering at the end of the service today, that will contribute to all these things. We are generous with the resources we get as a church to support missions all around the world. discipleship of our children and youth from our church and the wider community through youth ministry, through young adults, um, and and, uh, the need of pastors to lead and preach and disciple uh, and be there when you need them. Uh, It takes resources, it takes money to achieve that. Um, And so, you know, as a church, uh, I've heard... um, for, I've heard from others here, I don't want to say this as the pastor, but I've heard from others, and, and I mentioned you can verify it, that your desire is that we are, um, we are healthy pastors and that we don't burn out. And that means uh, we need to staff appropriately uh, so that we can do our jobs well and uh, we can spend time with our families and invest in not just uh, the church but our own faith and our family and our community and not burn out. And so that requires uh, requires generosity from uh, all of us, <clears throat> and that's important. It's vital, and mo- and it's worth mentioning that um, at the moment our giving is behind uh, what was budgeted. Uh, I think that was announced last week or, or, or recently. Um, and this is not a, this is not a call out or or you know a guilt trip or anything in like that, but just. Uh, at this time, it's um, yeah, giving is behind. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't give so, just so the budget can go into the black, that we can tick that box that, yep, we've earned enough or we've gained enough. Um, that's not the motivation. But we give because God is a generous God, uh, because we can trust Him, uh, because He provides for all we need, and because we can join in His mission. Our vision at Hills Baptist is that God will be glorified Lives transformed and hope revealed. And uh, to partner in that mission, we all need to contribute, both uh, financially, but also in prayer, in, in our time, in our resources, to see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, hope revealed in this hopeless world. And so we, we have been blessed with our resources so we can be a blessing. We can be a blessing. We have an opportunity and responsibility to sow into God's kingdom. Um, and to finish, I'll just share my point uh, uh, <laughs> from the sermon. So, this is me, not Mark. Um, uh, the last thing that wisdom tells us, that Proverbs tells us, and it come, it's, kind of has been mentioned, but to, to clarify it and to really show, Proverbs ten twenty two says, Wealth comes from the blessing of the Lord. Wealth comes from the blessing from the Lord. And Psalm 24 uh, says, The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For He found it on the sea and established on the waters. And an important reminder for all of us is that we are not, um, we are not consumers of God's blessing. We are not uh, spenders or investors. We are stewards of God's blessing. We are stewards of, of what God has given us. Um, I used to work as an engineer, and as an engineer, um, uh, I did a lot of project management. And I got to a point where I was managing um, uh, budgets of projects. And so I was responsible for, um, uh, at one point, a $200,000 budget. And at the, probably the, the most money I've ever been responsible is a $2 million um, building project. Uh, There's the oil price drop, and I got dropped from that project. But for a while, I was responsible for that. And, um, and with that much money, that wasn't my own. I was incredibly diligent. And, uh, you know, that was my job. But, you know, I budgeted, I tracked, I made sure I was very discerning about where this money was going. Uh, because it was not my own. It was someone else's. It was the businesses, And so I, was a, I wanted to be a good steward of this money. And when we realized that the gifts that God has given us, the, the wealth, the blessing that God's given us, that we are stewards of it, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, We need to be discerning and hardworking and be really uh, wise about how we use God's resources that He's given us. We're not investors. We're not consumers. We're not borrowers of of God's blessing. We are stewards of God's resources. So this is is a mind shift. This was a mind shift for me at one point and a challenge to use our resources and to enjoy the resources God has given us as a blessing uh, for God's glory for God's glory. And so, yeah, just a reminder again that um, after the last song, as we head out the offerings at the back there, there is also opportunities to give online. And that is uh, easier, or maybe not easier, but better for the church um, if you want to give online. But there's the offering at the back. Um, let's go out and be really wise with our money. Let's go out and be really generous with our money to be a blessing in this world, particularly with everything that's going on. Uh, with the coronavirus. Let's be a church that people will see and go, wow, how generous are they? And they would see us, and they will recognize God's generosity through us. Let me pray, and then we'll sing again. God, thank you so much for all your generosity towards us, uh, that it's not us who, who um, made it right with you or uh, it's not because of how much money we have or what we've done or anything like that, but it's only by your generosity, your grace that we are saved. And God, we just pray uh, that as we go out, and particularly in this current sea- season and climate, that you, uh, yeah, you would help us to be generous and help us to be wise with our money uh, so that we could be good stewards of your blessing and be a blessing to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.